Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back, everybody. It's that time again. Time for the seventh inning stretch. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but with you know uh, the LFC tour going on on the you know California and on the West Coast, I've been a little preoccupied uh, following that around. And Justin's been kind enough and patient enough to uh, you know not replace me as of yet. Justin, how you doing, bro? I'm I'm doing all right. You know, a uh, little bit of foot pain due to a soccer injury that I won't bore everybody with. But I'm just you know glad that I get to uh, talk baseball with. A mini bar.com pitch man. Oh, you heard that. You like that, oh, didn't you? I like that. I yeah, do. That's what I'm saying. I do huh? like to celebrate every day. Yeah, there you go. Make sure you guys check that out. <laughs> no, man, but let's jump right into it. It's been a busy, busy time in the baseball world since we last chatted, you and I. Uh, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame happened, and I know we'll get into that. The trade deadline happened. Absolutely, we'll get into that. We're going to talk a little Puig. But first and foremost, man, fans... Getting in the way, fans interfering with the game. We had two instances of that. We had uh, Joey Votto, which is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Talk about the Joey Votto situation. The best thing to happen in sports in like two years. I I can't disagree with that. Explain to the people exactly what happened for those that didn't see it. Joey Votto is going towards the uh, first row of seats chasing a foul ball. And typically, if you're a fan, you're sitting in those sections, you know, give way. Even if it's the opposing team, just because you know you're you're in play in those first few rows, Joey Votto goes up. A fan is trying to catch the ball. Fan gets to it first. Votto gets angry and then just points to pulls on the guy's shirt and shows him that he's wearing a Cincinnati red shirt and walks away in disgust. It was just the best. His level of disgust and contempt for that gentleman was just phenomenal. I mean. I- I don't know. Like we've all felt like that, I'm sure, but it's you know, it's just for for him to for a player of that stature to do that to call him out on it. It was it was just I think it was necessary to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it makes Moises Alou's reaction to Steve Bartman look like it never happened. Right. Like he didn't react. I mean, Alou was clearly annoyed when that happened and um I apologize to any Cubs fans that are for bringing that up now. It's just, you know, relevant to the conversation. But in this particular case, Joey Votto was just able to, you know, just kind of say, like, you root for me. Why would you get in my way? It was so good. And oh, but, it was you amazing. Know, at the end, I guess the fan, you know, got assigned the ball because Joey Votto snapped on him a little bit. So that was the most disappointing part of all of it is like, Joey, don't don't give in. Fuck it. I know you're trying to avoid suspension or a fine or whatever, but fuck that. Stick by your guns. Joey, Joey Armando, Joey Votto is one thing that you and I are not, which is Canadian and thus very nice. <laughs> that, you make a valid point. That is probably very true. That That, that is probably the main reason why uh, he, he did that and apologized to that gentleman. But we had another situation, dude. Uh, this one, not so nice, I guess. Uh, Bob Davidson, an umpire, eject, had a fan ejected uh, for just uh, talking shit behind the plate. What are your thoughts on that, man, at a Phillies game? 
Yeah, well, first, I just want to mention, uh, you know, th- this particular portion was inspired by Kyle Fox, uh, t- sent us this question last night. So, Kyle, thanks for the question. But Cheers, uh, Kyle. What are you doing? Like, it, there's one thing I don't get, which is, like, harassing umpires. You're not helping your team win. You're not helping your team lose. They've been heckled every place. They just don't want to hear it. Like, nobody goes to your job and heckles you. It's an umpire. They take shit. They're like... Nothing. Nobody ever knows an umpire's name because they're good at what they're doing. No, exactly, exactly. It's an official in any game. You know, you don't yeah. want to be the spectacle. You don't want to be brought up. That's how you know you had a good game if if you're not the talking point. You know. Yeah, and I mean, dude, you're a Phillies fan. Your team's been out of it for for a while. Just appreciate that you're getting to see some young players develop, and don't get like, don't get on the umps. Just it, it, like in that particular case. And look, look, it's okay to scream out, you're killing me, Blue, or something like that at a game. It's not cool to call the ump a, you know, uh, you know, it's not cool to call the ump things that I won't feel comfortable saying on this podcast is basically what I'm getting at. No, man, I agree with that. And and this isn't the first time that Bob Davidson's had somebody removed from a game, you know, a, a few years ago... It, it, in St. Louis, uh, there was, I mean, uh, in a Cardinals game, there was a, a fan, uh, you know, chanting and yelling homophobic slurs at uh, Yadier Molina, and he had that guy removed. So Bob Davison, you know, he's not one to hesitate. And, you know, nobody deserves that type. Like you said, there's a line, and, and clearly it was crossed for Bob Davidson to do that. Yeah, and I, I just, there's kind of something I want to get to a little bit of, which is there are rules, ground rules. Like, if you go to any baseball game, they tell you in the first or second inning what is tolerated and not tolerated behavior because of the fact that they have a set of rules and standards that they want to enforce for effectively your protection and for everybody else's enjoyment of the game. So listen to them. Like if you want to be a raging maniac and curse at your TV through an entire game, like either come over and watch me watch a Met game because I do that or watch the game at home. You know, you pay a ticket to go enjoy yourself. And, and if you're in that type of mentality and that type of place, you know, you're, you're not making it enjoyable for anybody. It's okay to crack a joke here and there, but the, there's a line and, and, and there's no need to just get nasty, bro. And I think far too often, especially after a few drinks, far too many people have a tendency of doing that. So it's nice that an umpire stands up for it. The players don't deserve it. And an umpire absolutely doesn't deserve it either. Quick digression. When I was at a Saturday night Met game for the Piazza retirement ceremony, it was a little rainy out. It was actually quite rainy. There were three guys sitting in the row in front of me and my friends. And you know, we're all pretty normal people, you know, if their children in front of us don't curse. Uh, but these kid, these guys decided that they would actually just spit sunflower seeds over the railing from like the 500 level, which is the upper deck down to the concourse. Assholes. It's just like, really? Like, Assholes. What are you doing? Assholes. Yeah. That is just like, the epitome of an asshole right there, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I guess in that situation, one of my friends um, asked me, like, what, what do you do in this situation? Do you, like, do you, like tell them something? And I was like, no, you, you go downstairs and you tell the usher or security so they get kicked out. Kids uh, also don't want to start a fight with people. No, you're right. Especially, you know, as tempers flare nowadays and, and people, are, you know, have been a little bit inebriated or drinking before the game. You don't want to get into those situations. It's best just to call the usher and have them take care of it. I, It's just unbelievable the lack of common decency at some of these events man yeah well you know what these are also how donald trump is getting votes oh yeah but let's sorry had to bring yeah, it there. yeah let's I bring know. it let's bring it down now though back to baseball yeah dude i mean trade trade deadline we saw some some big moves movers and shakers here let's start off here the big the big the big buyers here and that that's texas you know carlos beltran clearly a rental jonathan lucroy i think that was the key piece because they were really lacking in that position that was their weakest link in my opinion what are your thoughts on those two moves man um yeah ultimately what are your thoughts on that and i want to know the impact that you think these trades have on the Yankees long term, and we'll get into that when we talk about other trades involving the Yanks. Well, I, I think Luke Roy was the best piece to move at the deadline, with beyond a doubt. I wanted him badly because, as the Mets were rumored to be into him, but uh, he, he's just an absolutely phenomenal catcher. Probably, he's probably the best all-around catcher in the National League. Like, I, I think he's—I mean—he's better defensively than Posey, and he handles a pitching staff just about as well as Posey. Um, really good bat, just a great player, super durable leader and i think also for for uh texas he's gonna like the fact being from louisiana that he's pitching near his uh home 
Yeah, man. I mean, you know, for a lot of these players, you know, that that have no trade clauses and stuff in their deal, and I know that Texas was not one of them. It, it's for that reason, for the most part, man. It's not just picking winners, and Texas happens to be a winner in, on the up right now, but it's because, you know, they travel so much. They're away from their family, away from home so often that sometimes this is the main, you know, deciding factor for them on where they play baseball. And sometimes it works out for them. And it's nice, you know, for, for Lucroy to be able to go home per se. Uh, like you said, man, for me, he's also the gem of this deadline. I mean, he, he, he can command a staff really well. He, he, he's an offensive piece that we haven't really seen a consistent catcher like this, you know, since the Piazza, since the Pudge Rodriguez, who can be an offensive force in a lineup. And, 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 you know, Texas is really making a statement of intent here, and I really do like what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they're going to lose, it's going to be because of their pitching staff not having enough. But That's always been the case, though. Exactly. Beltron, though, is a great signing. That guy is clutch. And, I mean, at an, uh, even at an advanced age, uh, still just puts up ridiculous production. And he's moving from a hitter, one hitter's park in Yankee Stadium to another one, so it's not going to kill him moving to Texas. In fact, it would probably be better for him in the playoffs because New York's a lot colder than Texas in October. Yeah, exactly. And he's already familiar with Texas. He played in Houston. He already, you know, it's it's not totally new to him and foreign. So I think that's somebody that definitely gonna uh, that, that he's gonna be very comfortable in and very very productive. I think down the stretch here, and and I think really it's what. Texas needed to do. I, I They needed to go out there, show a signal of intent. I mean, the Orioles are playing good baseball. We see the Centrals, you know, playing good baseball. This is what needed to happen. But ultimately, do you think it's enough for the Rangers? To win the World Series? Or at least to get it, there. I think it might be enough to get them there. I don't see who else could possibly stand in their way besides Cleveland right now. Let's talk about another uh, another Yankee move. They, they traded Chapman to the Cubs as well. Uh you know, Beltran and Chapman both gone. They got rid of Andrew Miller, you know, but they got some good pieces back. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on the return on those moves, man? I, I hate it. I absolutely – it's I hate it because of how much I dislike the Yankees because they're such good moves. The idea of just stocking your system with that many blue-chip prospects, like figure maybe 50 to 60% of them are, you know, played to what they're projected to be, which is, I think is like – you know, I think that's a fair estimate. Uh, we'll say 40 to 50% of them. That's four or five major league regulars you've gotten for a 40 year old, a guy who you probably weren't going to resign, who had some serious attitude questions. And Andrew Miller, who, by the way, is an awesome pitcher, awesome reliever, devastating, and will help out that Cleveland pen so much. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, for me, I think the most, the thing that's most surprising though is the way that the Yankees did this. The Yankees aren't necessarily a team that's focused on the future. They're always about winning now. I understand that they're sellers at this moment in time, but even then, we haven't seen them really focus on the farm this much in God knows how long, man. They've traded away pretty much everything they've ever had on the farm. Exactly. Like, uh, for the last 25 years, they've been able to, they were kept afloat for a long time by the, by the old baseball economics. Uh, they're, you know, at some, it stands to reason that at some point, be it next, this year or definitely next year, the Yankees' uh, record of 25 consecutive winning seasons is going to snap. It has to. It has to. It has to. That's an incredible run. I Five mean, World Series in that time? You can't ask for much more than that, man. I mean, I could have asked for that to all never happen, but like, I... <laughs> yeah, man, I, I know I hear you, bro. But okay, let's talk about the Chapman move and the Miller move. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think that suits better this season? You think the Cubs uh, are going to do better, or do you think Chapman is going to have more of an impact with the Cubs or Miller with the with the Indians? Um, I want to bring a third closer into the conversation because I feel like you have to kind of discuss these teams that feel like they were a closer away from competing altogether. Sure. So that's also bringing in Melons and Go into the Nats. Of those three moves, I probably like I probably like Chapman to the Cubs the most because he's the most devastating of them. Absolutely. But he's a rental, and they've given up a lot for him. The Nats didn't give up a ton for Melanson, but I also think Melanson's a step below those two guys. So the one I really like is Miller because of the fact that, yes, you've given up a lot for him, but you have a really good team, and he's under control at below market value for a while because the contract is not with the Yankees to, be, to stay as a Yankee. No, I, I tend to agree with you there. I think Chapman is going to be devastating and down the stretch this year. If, you know, 
as good as the Cubs have been, that might be the piece that's going to, you know, put them over the top and finally break that curse. Yeah, but, uh, you know, like you said, Melanson, for me also, he's a, he's a, he's just a step below. He's a quality reliever, you know what I mean? But his stuff isn't devastating. He, he, you know, he doesn't have the velocity. It's it, There's things there that you could see his production is great, but he, he's not as elite. Andrew Miller, for me, is such a phenomenal, such a phenomenal, you know, talent, such a phenomenal bullpen arm. Uh, for me, that's the winner. That guy's going to put them over the edge. And for me, to be fair, uh, to be honest, I, I think the Indians, for me, are my favorite right now to make it to the series. I mean, the 2015 Indians, 16 Indians, are following the 2015 Mets path. You've already had a botch trade with Milwaukee, yeah. right? Because the Mets yeah. had the botch trade for Carlos Gomez. They now have the botch trade for Lucroy. You, you've gotten... You've gotten a reliever at the deadline like the Mets did, Addison Reed and Tyler Clippard last year, and you've gotten Andrew Miller. And you have a young, dominant rotation that's pitching together for really the first time. No, you, you, I mean, those, those, that, that's a spot-on comparison, dude, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I you know, for, for the sake of the city of Cleveland, I hope it works out slightly better, but I don't feel that bad for them anymore because they've actually won something now. I hear you. I hear you. But it'd be nice to see the Indians get back to it, man. It's been quite some time. If there is an Indians Cubs World Series, like that would be kind of epic. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a sight to see. But you never know, man. The way it's looking, that could possibly, potentially, very likely be the case. I mean, you have to figure that right now the four teams you'd think are that are best positioned are probably the Nats, the Cubs, the Indians, and the Rangers, right? Yeah, I would say so, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll take any of those teams except for the Nats to win. I'm I fine hear you. With that. Well, 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 let's stick in the East. I know let's let's move on from the Nats and let's stay in the East and let's go to your Mets here. You know, they 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 also made a move. They they brought in Jay Bruce who's putting up some really good numbers, you know. He's top 5 in home runs, top 5 in RBIs in the National League. What are your thoughts on the move, man? Are you excited by it? Do you think he could really help you, you guys push for a wild card spot or, or even, you know, catch the Nats? What are your thoughts on this, dude? Oh, you motherfucker. You had to ask me this question. Well, yeah, bro. I know. I hate Jay Bruce as a player. I, you know what? It, it's, it's the fact that he's a, a, a low ABV, like a low, sorry, low on base percentage. Thinking about all guys. Sorry. Uh, he's a low on base percentage, high strikeout, not a ton of balls in play, defensive butcher on a team that has already four defensive butchers in the corner. If, that, that doesn't have a center fielder and it's just going to continue now rolling a center fielder and left every night. Um, he better hit, basically, is hit. Because defensively now, the Mets are um, they're, they're bad. They're really, really bad. They've somehow, last year, def- defense is what was their undoing in the World Series. And they've managed to actually get significantly worse at that. Um, I just hope it comes at you know added offense, because that's the only way you can justify it. I don't know, man. It, it smells like Jason Bay, it, it, you know, Jeremy Burnitz. It just has that feel. It's not something that I'm, you know, I'm not too confident in. I, I think it, it smells of desperation for me, man. I, I know you guys didn't get Lucroy, and that was the piece that you guys probably wanted. I know Jay Bruce is having a great year, but his consistency has proven to be, you know, his downfall throughout his career. He's not playing at that, you know, band box that is Great American Small Park. He's now playing at City Field, a, a larger park. I think a colder stadium to play in. I don't know. How much do you think that's going to impact his bat? Um, I think it's going to impact. I actually think he's going to have slightly better protection in his lineup right now. Okay. Actually, no, I don't. Who the, who the hell am I kidding? It's Cespedes on one leg versus Joey Votto. Joey Votto's better lineup protection at the moment. Disregard that I said that. Edit that out of the pod. <laughs> I'm leaving it in now. No, yeah, no, but... It's, uh, I mean, it's going to affect him a little bit. There are a few places to hit cheapies there. They're down the line and right. That's it. If you could, if you could really, you know, if you're a pull heavy hitter and you hit the ball down the line and right, there's there are a few cheapies there. But otherwise, you know, he better hit. Basically, is how it is because he's also under contract for next year, and that cushions the blow when Cespedes inevitably opts out, and the Mets, you know, cheaply don't re-sign him because you know we don't really. We don't really have any sort of gratitude for the guy, for the only offensive threat we've had all year, the guy who carried us to the World Series last year. Uh, we, we don't have any gratitude for him. Don't need to keep him. You know, you know how it is, man. Fickle. If anybody can't tell, I'm like salty about the Mets right Short-sighted. now. Short-sighted. Everybody could tell that you're salty about the Mets. It's a common theme in this. Yeah. They're, 
you know, last year it was such a great year that for a second at the beginning of this year, I forgot that I was a meth head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh shit! That's the line yeah. of the podcast right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but this is how it's supposed to be. It's torturous. But speaking of uh, teams that like to torture us, somehow your Dodgers have kept afloat without Kershaw. You know, without Kershaw, and Bud Norris did an admirable job. But now he's hurt, and you've traded for Rich Hill, who's got some injury issues, and Josh Reddick. But somehow, Dave Roberts is keeping you guys in it. Uh, what do you think of those trades? Do you think that they're going to help you down the stretch against the Giants, who also we should mention in this in this piece as well, uh, you know, made some moves of their own, getting Matty Moore. And and when did he become Matty Moore? Uh, what, what, like, when did that happen? He was Matt Moore, now all of a sudden he's Matty Moore? It sounds like Dan Plesak did that probably. That's Dan yeah. Plesak's fault. I'm almost positive of it. And and he liked it, and he's like, I'll let this stick. <laughs> and then who else did Oh, they added Will, Will Smith, Smith, the lefty from Milwaukee, who's solid against lefties. How, how, do, you, how do you see the West shaking, shaping up? To be honest, dude, I don't think that these moves are that huge. I think there were pieces that needed to happen. For me, the move that I like the most out of all these, I hate to say it begrudgingly, is Matty Moore <laughs> joining the Giants. Uh, you know, he, he's proven to have a lot of talent. It's all about consistency and his mechanics repeating his delivery, and he seems to be finding it a lot more this season than he has in the past. So that's something that does worry me because the Giants, you know, their staff has been good. Cueto, uh, you know, is, is good. Samarge has been okay. You know, it's it's just, I don't know. For me, that one's important. As far as the Dodgers moves are concerned, Yasiel Puig has had his head up his ass for quite some time. So he's now gone down to the minors and, and we replaced him with Reddick. Reddick is at least somebody that'll go get it. He's an effort guy. He gives it to you every day. Um, he does have some pop. He has probably plays a little bit better defense than Puig. Not as good an arm, but probably plays a little bit better defense, more assured. It's not a circus out there. So for me, ultimately, I think the move for the Dodgers that matters is Rich Hill. And if he can actually have some health and, and contribute and just eat up some innings, that's what we really need until hopefully Kershaw can come back. Uh, but in reality, dude, I don't think these moves are that major of moves. You know what I mean? No, uh, I, I know what you mean. Um, there is one thing that I that I want to bring up about Matty Moore. The next time anybody tells you, actually, sorry, I'm calling him Matt. Uh, the next time any, <laughs> the next time anybody tells you that uh, Tommy John surgery is a sure thing, look at him. Like even like instead of the guys who keep getting re injured, look at him. Look at how much his command has suffered. His velocity is down. Like he's, he never rebounded from that surgery. Yeah, he's definitely one of those that, uh, you know, is is a cautionary tale. Like everybody thinks that we're at the point where it's just automatic and and they'll come back just as strong, if not stronger. And it's just not the case. It definitely is something that can hamper and hinder your career. And we're seeing that with Matt Moore. It's good to see him rebound. It just sucks that he's rebounding now with the Giants. I understand that. But I just want to ask you also, uh, because, you know, your uh, your your opinion and affection for Dave Roberts seems to go up and down. Where are you on a scale of one to ten with Dave Roberts right now? Uh, I am at a seven. I am that's, liking that's what fair. he's doing because he's keeping us in it in a season that Mattingly we would have just imploded by now with Mattingly. Yeah. Um, secondly, I think he's cool, calm, and he's keeping a level head on the team. He had the balls to, you know, be honest with the media when they asked him if Puig takes up more, more of his time than most players. He bluntly said yes. Uh, he sent Puig down to the minors. He's straight up and honest with the players. You know, for us, it's just, you know, we've, we've had more starting pitchers than anybody in the league this year, and that's that's always hard to stay consistent and have a winning ball club. And yeah, here we are a couple games behind the Giants. Although the Giants have sputtered, we're still, you know, playing good baseball. We're still battling. Adrian Gonzalez hasn't exactly had the best year. You know, if it wasn't for Corey Seager, maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation and he wouldn't be a seven in my eyes, right? But right now, I can't I can't complain too much under the circumstances. I think Dave Roberts is doing one hell of a job right now. Oh, yeah, I'd happen to agree with you. Um while now we're on the topic, uh, let, let, let's talk about everybody's favorite Cuban, Yaziel Puig. Um, the one thing I do want to bring up before we really get into this is Ken Rosenthal deserves a giant pat on the back for this. He had reported inaccurately that Puig had been got, had gone to the stadium and was told was told in person that he was going to have either be uh, or had failed to show up at the stadium, no knowing that he was going to be sent down. The reality is his agent was apparently told beforehand. Rosenthal misreported it, but then upon finding out that he was wrong, instead of trying to backtrack it and say this, this, or this, 
He just took a spot. He, t- he accepted the fact that he made a mistake. He admitted to it and he pledged to try to do better within the media. As far as reporting goes, that's actually all I've ever asked for when some a reporter gets something wrong. No, I mean, absolutely. That's commendable. Definitely put his hand up and said, you know what? I jumped the gun on my report and, and he had a bad source or somebody that has it out for Yasiel Puig is reporting some false information or whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, that's refreshing, man. We don't get that enough. Usually that just gets swept under. Nobody ever mentions it anymore and they just keep skating by. But, you know, for somebody of that profile, like in Rosenthal, it was, I think, very important for him to, you know, take fault for that and, and just own it because far too often, like you said, that's not the case. Most of these journalists aren't, you know, aren't owning their mistakes. They aren't, or, you know, owning their misinformation. They're just kind of sweeping it on the rug and moving it on to the next story. And, and that's an injustice to, I think, the profession of journalism. I think if you're going to be a journalism and reporting facts, then they should be facts and you should uh, be held accountable when they're not. Yeah, nope, that's, that's absolutely correct. Um, speaking now about teams that are going through a bit of a fire sale, uh, name three Padres outside Will Myers. Uh, you win. They've traded everybody. Yeah, they did. Matt Kemp's, uh, you a know, brave. A, a brave and he took a, uh, you know, a dig at the Dodgers and the Padres saying he's never played in a baseball town until now. Let me tell you, Matt, you're in for a surprise. Atlanta is not a baseball town either. My friend, it's, they draw like. Maybe twelve thousand a game. Yeah, uh, the Braves didn't sell up playoff games, and they're making it every year. Yeah, Atlanta is not great high school baseball town. But if you look at the high school players who come from the Atlanta area, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal pipeline of great bas- baseball players. Not a professional town. No, not at all. Not at all. They haven't been ever. So yeah, that was a hilarious claim by him. Um, you know, and then Melvin Upton Jr. Uh, you know. He's now at BJ Upton, whatever you want to call him, a uh, Bossman Junior, whatever you want to call him. He's now in he's Toronto. Blue, he's, blue, he's Blue Jay Upton. Blue Jay Upton, yes. There you go. Boom. Works out perfectly. Coming full circle. What are your thoughts on that, man? How much do you think he's going to impact the 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 Blue Jays? And you know, a couple years ago, we could have said that it was almost surely that his career was done, and for him to bounce back and have a decent season and want to be, you know, acquired by a team in the race, it's it. it I mean, it says a lot to him, right? I mean, credit to him. I mean, he's he's already, I think, twenty twenty this year. Uh, he's he's undergoing a renaissance. It's actually really nice to see for him. He always seemed like a really nice guy, so I, I'm glad he, uh, he he's found his his way back. Um, I think he actually helps that team. He's decently athletic. He can, uh, you know, what they what they need are people who can play corner outfield position, specifically left field. So I think he really helps them. I, th- I think that's a he makes he, it's another bat net lineup now that you know. Having his bat alongside Tulowitzki, who all of a sudden is crushing the ball, and Carnacion, Batista, and Josh Donaldson, like that's that's you don't want to face those. That's five out of nine hitters that you don't want to face. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right, man. And that's that's how you know the Blue Jays have had their successes with that type of dangerous lineup, and it just gets deeper and deeper. And it's it's and and not just that. I mean, they can pick it. They can go out there. They can get it. A lot of these big boppers can also you know flash the leather a little bit, so that that helps their cause. Absolutely. But back to the Padres, they, they were the participants in my favorite trade of the deadline, uh, sending Andrew Kashner and Colin Ray to the Marlins for three prospects. And then Colin Ray goes out in his first game as a, as a, as a, uh, Marlin. I almost called them the dolphins. Two teams. I don't like, <laughs> um, they need like, that's why I like the heat, you know, They've at least adapted another thing besides some sort of sea life that exists in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, bro. They're, they're, you know, they're switching it up, keeping you on yeah. your toes. But Colin Wright pitches an inning as a, as a Marlin, comes back with an elbow injury, and then gets sent back to San Diego for one of the prospects. Like, did they put a backseas clause in that contract in the in the trade paperwork? It sure seems like they did. I'll tell you what. Have you ever seen that? No, never, never. I don't. I don't think we'll ever see that again. Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right, man. Nobody just gives people back away like that. I'll tell you that much. Well, that's why pending physicals is always like the, you know, the two words that you always take for granted. And then when it does bite you in the ass, it bites you in the ass. Yeah. And we're seeing that for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, that was, that was, that, that always just, that just struck me for a loop. And that's also a lot for the Marlins to give up for two guys with ERAs of four and a half plus. 
not like like not like they're pitching four and a half plus in a, in a band box too. Pitching to a four and a half plus in Petco. Yeah, I I thought it was a stretch too. I mean, uh, they're really banking on these two guys because I mean, I, I get it. The playoffs are within their reach, and they, it's it's win now. I think the 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 Marlins have always had that win now mentality when they're within striking distance. Uh, they'll have a fire sale soon thereafter, right? But they're always in win now when they have a chance. So at least, I mean, as a fan base. You could at least be a little bit excited because you haven't seen the Marlins be good in quite some time. At least they're trying to make a move, I guess. There are Marlins fans? They exist. I get Marlins questions from time to time on Twitter, man. They have to exist. No, no, I, I, know, I know that they do. They've been around long enough. They're, they're at the 23-year three three mark in the franchise's history. Um, I just always find it funny, though, because you know most of the games I watch the Marlins play in are Mets Marlins, and just because of the fact that that stadium never sells out because – Nobody goes to sit outside in South Florida in the middle of the summer to watch a baseball game. Exactly. The the, the only people who are ever there are fans of the opposing team. So, like specifically, if I watch a Met game there, tons of Met fan, yeah, fans. If you watch a Yankee game there, tons of Yankee fans. If you watch a Phillies game there, tons of Phillies fans. Like that's just who they draw. Other teams' fans. Yep, yep. And it's been that way for a while, man. Yeah. Side note: that's also San Diego, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true. The Padres has been that way. As a Dodger fan, I go down there pretty often, and it's always that way. Uh, it's always 60-40 Dodgers for sure. Uh, and, and I've seen it with other fans. It's just the, the Padres. You saw it with Mets fans. Yeah, they don't draw that well. Yeah, I mean, you guys had the entire bleachers. Yeah. But uh, going now to the AL East on trades, going back there. Yeah, Boston, pretty quiet deadline, just brought in a reliever. Uh, you know, just that that's kind of what they thought they needed. They're more about bringing up prospects through their system now, but they're, they're, uh, you know, involved in a three-way race between them, Toronto, who we've spoken about. And now also, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who neither of us were particularly bullish on at the beginning of the season, but they, uh, they added two pieces in, uh, Wade Miley and in, uh, Steve Pierce. It's good. Is it, I thought they were good moves. I think they're moves that needed to happen. I think they needed to bolster that staff. And I think, uh, for them, it's just a matter of, 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 of riding the wave that they're on. Their offense is producing. Mark Trumbull's a revelation. Uh, you know, Adam Jones is Adam Jones. Chris Davis has all the power in the world. Uh, it's a team that I'm really liking. And, you know, Buck Showalter, for me, is, is one of the best managers in baseball, and he's doing it again with this Orioles team. He's managed to remake himself, himself and his team a lot. The Orioles have been helped out by the fact that the, the Red Sox, who looked like they were going to hit everything in sight, have cooled down, and their pitching is bad. Uh, Toronto's starting to catch up to them, but they've been helped out by the fact that they've just been murdering the baseball, and they've started to get some good pitching out of some of the younger guys who people have, forgot, who have forgotten about, like Dylan Bundy coming out there and now starting to spin some gems. Uh, you know, Dylan Bundy was a super prospect at one point a few years ago and had some arm troubles, and now is really on fire. Kevin Gaussman, another guy who people thought, you know, maybe the shine around him is gone, but he's not been terrible either. And then adding Steve Pierce to their lineup, which has been crushing the ball. Now they have another guy who absolutely murders lefties, which is big when you're playing against Boston right now, because, you know, you're going to see Pomeranz and Prince quite a bit. Price, not Prince. Yeah, no, no, no. It, that's, that's exactly the case. I think they, they did well. Pierce is going to help against those lefties and, and, and I think they just planned it out well for what they need going forward. And I think that for me, probably the winners of the deadline, if not, I mean, the Rangers and the Orioles, I really do think they did a great, great job, you know, getting their needs. You know, I think addressing need is, is very important. Far too often there's trades made that are just for the sake of making a deal. And I think this one is definitely one that was made on need. And it's one that I think will definitely benefit them. And, and hopefully, for me, they're probably going to win the the East. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think they're they're, they're my favorites for the AO East right now. My favorite shifted a little bit. Um, I'm on board the uh, the Great White North. Let me ask you something about the Great White North and the Liriano move. Aaron Sanchez to the pen. What are your thoughts on that? I I, I don't like it. I, I it's I, I flat out don't like it. Liriano is washed up. Or maybe he's just, you know, grown stale in Pittsburgh. But he hasn't been good this year. He was okay last year. He's really faded this year. I don't like that move. Especially considering Aaron Sanchez has been pretty much fantastic. I think that he's, a, I mean, listen, 
who's leading the, the American League in ERA. As a, it, what more is there to say? No, I mean, I agree, man. For me, it's just, it, it's something that reeks of desperation, and it's not a move that makes any sense. I don't understand why you would put a pitcher that's been dominating like that into the bullpen, you know, sapping him of his confidence. What more does a guy have to do, you know? I think it's just they figure that they can get enough innings out of, um, you know, who am I thinking? They think they can get enough innings out of Stroman, uh, Hap, Estrada, and Liriano. He's better figure, than four of those guys. He's better than all four of them. But they figure we can get enough innings with him doing this. Our offense scores enough. Let's save his arm because he hasn't been stretched out as a starter. So you don't want to like they're they're going by the you know let's avoid the Verducci theory and destroy him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but sometimes you just got to go I'm for it. I'm not saying I'm that tell- I agree with that, dude. I'm just trying to explain it. He's not happy. I can guarantee you that much. Nobody w- nobody should be. You, if you get to – no pitcher has ever wanted to pitch in the bullpen. It's when you it's when you realize that that's what your – that, you know, that's what your fate is as a pitcher and you need to accept it that you become okay with it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a good point, man. For me, I mean, it was just frustrating that that news to read that news because I thought he was doing so well, and and he's a kid that's really gone out there and 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 proven to be the gem of that staff this season, and 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 it's just, you know, it's bullshit. It's just bullshit. He, I mean, he, he's eleven and one with an ERA under two and a half. What yeah. more does he have to do? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. But but let's stay in the East, man. We're going to talk about a player that I know you hate, and I'm not a big fan of either. But you know, uh, he had a little bit of a comeback last year, and he's like a million years old, and he's been on the juice this, that, and the third. We're talking about nobody other than Alex Rodriguez. Do you think it's finally over, man? You know, there was some uh, some some rumors that after last night's game, he was going to be given his unconditional release, and the Yankees were just going to eat the rest of his salary. In last night's game against the Mets, a Subway Series game at City Field, he made the final out in a 7-1 Met win, and I would have been none the none the none the happier <laughs> than to see A Rod's final out be an out against the Mets in a game in which the Yankees lost. That that to me would have made me an extremely happy man, but uh, it, it's not to be. They're they're keeping him around. Um, I don't know why because once you've they've gone with a young team now, there's no reason to. Uh, there's no reason for them to keep him around. You have to share his contract running out after this year. Maybe the only maybe the only person I would actually think that you should probably keep around if you can would be Brian McCann, just because he's a leader, he's a decent catcher, and it, you know that, that, those are good reasons to keep someone around to share his contracts out after this year. It's also Ellsbury who's going to be around, and Ellsbury's faded, but he's not a totally useless baseball player, right? No, I mean, I, I tend to agree, dude. I think it's it's time that they cut their losses. I think, you know, McCann's a good shout because, you know, good catches are definitely hard to come by, and McCann is a solid one. And he's a good offensive threat, and that ballpark seems to suit him as well. Jacoby Ellsbury, he's not the kitty, or he's not, you know, the dynamic baseball player that he used to be, but he's still a solid leadoff man. He's still driving some runs, and he's, he's not terrible with the leather. Uh, so, yeah, I can see those things. I just think it's definitely time that the Yankees rebuild. They're, they seem to be well accepting of that, and, and I think this is just the next step in doing that, and I think it has to happen sooner than later. He's just going to sap them dry, man. It's. I mean, it, it. They have to pay him either way, right? How, if you if you have to, there's. This is the rare situation where paying someone to not be around is the better move. It might be he's toxic. He's a lightning rod. He's probably not a particularly good teammate at this point. He can't do anything, right? Just just cut him loose. I mean, I agree, the Yankees bro. can afford it, and the reality is for the Yankees right now, it's about shedding salary until 2018. Because you know that they're going to make a run at either Harper or Machado or probably Matt Harvey as well, assuming Harvey is alive. <laughs> hey man, you can't you can't bet on that as of right now. No, you can't. I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy, but I, 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 those, you know, those feeling that feeling bad feeling will leave when he signs with the Yankees in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Absolutely, I know it will. I know it will. But all right, man, let's before we move into the end of this show and the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony, which, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about, especially you, because I know how much you love Mike Piazza. But uh, we had a question in from Joey, Joey Connors, and he wants to know who your MVP and Cy Young award candidates or favorites or who you think deserves them are right now in both leagues. So we'll start with the MVPs. Who, are, right. who are your picks, man? 
for the National League MVP? It disgusts me to say. You're gonna do Tell it. Me. You're gonna do it, Daniel, Daniel Murphy. Murphy. Me too. It's Daniel Murphy. Me too, dude. The, the only other guy, the only other guy who has an argument here, is Seeker. And apologies to Seeker, he's not doing as much as Murph has. Yeah, bro, Murph's a machine this season. You yeah. couldn't. This is video game shit, bro. It drives me nuts that of all the Met hitters that Kevin Long tinkered with, he's the only one that Daniel Murphy made better. <laughs> I mean, that Kevin Long, like Murphy's the only one who made, he made better. Yeah, and unfortunately, the Nats are definitely gaining uh, those benefits here, man. Yeah, I mean, if you just his numbers against the Mets this year are very annoying to me. Seven homers, twenty-two RBIs in eleven games. Oh, that's fucking. Oh God, bro. Yeah, I mean, Beltron Beltron did that, and made one hundred nineteen million dollars off of it for the Astros in the in the playoffs once. God, bro, that's terrible. I'm sorry. I didn't even look any of that up. I just know that he's murdering the ball, and he's you yeah, he's know. murdering the ball. He's murdering the Mets. He's um, quite frankly, uh, maybe last year's power surge during the World Series was actually seeing a man like really hit his prime, like at a pronounced exact moment. Like you can pinpoint when it happened. Yeah, no, it seems that way. And if he can continue to do this next season and season after that, there's no doubt that that was absolutely the turning point in his career. Yeah, let's. But for my not. sake, I hope let's that hope doesn't not. happen. Yeah. And how about yeah. the American League, dude? Uh, this one's a little bit tougher. Okay. Here, I'll give you mine first. All right. I went with Trumbo. That's fair. Mike Tr- Mark, Mark Trumbo, dude, 30 homers, leads the league. He, you know, 75 RBIs. The impact he's had on that Orioles team, you know, I know he's not a 300 hitter. He's hitting 260 something, but it, it, it's more than that. For me, it's what he's been able to add to that team. And, and, uh, it, it's been, you know, quite surprising because Mark Trumbo, a journeyman, he, he hasn't exactly, I mean, we all know he could hit the ball a gazillion feet, right? But it's a consistency issue and he's really, finding his comfort level and his his, his 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 numbers are really showing that he he is you know a really key piece to that uh to that Orioles team yeah I mean I had four ways in which I could go with this Trumbo is one Poppy is the other because sentiment sentimentality plus also just he, he's been ridiculous uh the other one is trout because basically he should be in that conversation every year and then Josh Donaldson so I w- of those four, I'm actually going to be a softie, and I'm giving it of my vote. If I had one, would go to the old man. It's well deserved, man. It's absolutely yeah. well deserved. Yeah, it's just you know sentimentality and the fact that he is he's crushing the ball. He's leading that he's leading that team really well. I mean, OPS over a thousand. Tough to tough to tough to mess with. No, I agree with that. I mean, for me, like I said, it was Trumbo, but uh, I can definitely see that. And Big Poppy was definitely the one that I was struggling with there uh, when I made my decision. So, yeah, I, I can see that, bro. All right, let's yeah. move into the, na- uh, the, the the Cy Youngs then. How about your, your National League Cy Young? I hope it's not another national. It's not another national. Strasburg's not in that conversation. Sorry, his the 15-1 record's nice and all, but he he's um he's pitching well. But, there, you know, you have to be the top 10 in ERA for me to even consider you. Um or I think he's just out. I think he's at around like nine or 10, but you have to like, I, I, I need that. I need that. Like, you know, you need to be elite as far as run allowance too. He's gotten a lot of run support in some of his starts, but uh, 15 and one is still nothing to, to laugh at. But for me, it would have been Kershaw. If he'd had enough innings and was, you know, healthy instead, it's, it's Bumgarner. I hate to say it, but for me, it's Bumgarner too. The way he leads that staff, man. Uh, you know, his ERA is, is, is good. It, it's, you know, 225. I mean, Bumgarner is the epitome of consistency. I know he got knocked around a little bit last night, uh, against the Phillies, but for the most part, Bumgarner's competitiveness and everything, you know, the way he leads that team, the way he hits. I know that's not a metric in the Cy Young, but for me, fuck it. it it's part of it all. He's the complete package as a pitcher. If not Kershaw, then for me, that's the second guy that I probably start a franchise with if if I had if I had a pick. So yeah, I, I, for me, it's Bumgarner as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just, I mean, he's got the amazing for me is he's only twenty six. Yeah, scary. He's built like a he's built like a linebacker. He's just, he's just, and his competitive fire, like, he's, you just know he's not a dude to be fucked with. No, he is like the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And there um, are some other guys who should enter this conversation. Like, you know, DeGrom and Syndergaard are both in that conversation. Number four and five in the NL and Cy Young oh, yeah. in ERA. You have Kyle any, take your pick of yeah, take your pick of any of the top three Cubs pitchers, Hendricks, Lester, or Arietta, all could be in that conversation. Strasburg and, and Jose Fernandez can be in that conversation. Jose Fernandez is striking everyone out. Yeah. Yeah, Jose Fernandez is a phenomenal talent, man. And go, you know, and in, and even you know he's a key piece and a, a key reason why you know the, the 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 Marlins are where they are. You know, he breaks those streaks when they get in a little bit of funk. Jose Fernandez comes out and he throws a jam and he gets them that W. So for me, he is as important as any of these other pitchers are, obviously. But for it has to be Bumgarner still. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, he's leading the NL in innings, ERA, and strikeouts, which. To me, like they should take wins out of the pitching triple crown and replace it with the innings at this point. Yeah, more important I, stat. Something more other than wins because wins is just a fallacy. No, it's a polluted stat. Yeah, for sure. And, and quality starts. By the way, before we get it, before we, we close here, quality starts as a metric for 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 being good is is a joke. The quality start is is basically any time that you walk out of a game with six innings or more pitched and three runs or less pitched. So. You're defining a quality start as its starting point as a four or five ERA. If you pitch to a four or five ERA, your team's going to be roughly 500. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a good point, man. Yeah. So, American League, who do you got? I would have said Aaron Sanchez at the rate he's going, but apparently the Blue Jays don't want that to happen. So, who are you going with? Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana. All right. Only thing I could see voters going against is the eight and eight win loss record because he's but getting he's on no the run White support. Sox, bro. Because he's on a dog shit team. Yeah, he's out pitching Chris Sale. He is. I mean, Chris Sale's got he's fourteen and four, and it just goes to show that ERA you know, is a half run. ERA is a half run higher for Sale. Yeah, yeah. It just goes to show that you know, like you said, wins is not a, a good metric to, to to you know measure a pitcher by because. You know, Jose Quintana, like you said, is an absolute uh, revelation this season. Nobody probably expected this from him. Yeah, and, and you know what? Also, for Chris Sale, while we're on this, now that they're past the trade deadline and he can't be moved by any of his antics, what he should really do, what the White Sox should make him do, is actually wear the throwback uniform that had shorts. Oh, I would pay for that to happen. Go fund me. Let's petition that. Yeah, like he should have to wear that particular. Like, come on, who cuts up a uniform in the clubhouse? Children do that. Children do that, yeah. my friend. Oh, such a dickish move. Well, Maybe I, he needed LaRoche's son in the locker room as a, as a leader. There you go. There you go. There you go. Lead by example there. Yeah. Fucking asshole. But Cole Hamels is in that conversation, right? I mean, Absolutely. Absolutely is. Okay, cool. I mean, 284, 12 and 2, whatever that's worth. But, uh, you know, 1.26 whip. He's like uh, almost a four wins above replacement. Cole Hamels has really been the glue that's held that rotation together, uh, in Texas. And, uh, for me, you know, it's nice to see him have a little bit of resurgence. I hated him on the Phillies. I hate him a little less now. I, one of us hates him a little less now. <laughs> I can they're, only they're... speak for myself, America. Yeah, there there are scars that exist on 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 this on this facade of a baseball oh, fan. Trust me, bro. It happened to me too. All those years in the LCS. Trust me. I uh, I don't want to go there. It's fine. Yeah, let's let's it's not fine. talk about Cole Hamels anymore. Yeah. Despite yeah. the fact that also, strangely enough, the Mets had an extremely good record against him. I just don't like him. Well, there you go, man. Uh, you know, yeah. it goes to show that it's more than the wins and losses there too. Yeah, I wouldn't hate him if I didn't think he was good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, man. Well, so, let's wrap it up here. Go ahead. Lead us in. Yeah. Well, did we give them what they wanted? Are we going to rip off Jalen Rose's uh, little shtick here? <laughs> if you want. Nah, nah. I, I'm, I'm good with that one. Uh, from Armando and I at the seventh inning stretch. Have a good one.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.